0: The Talking Points podcast is produced in partnership with C. Michael Gibson and clinicaltrialresults.org.
1: Don and Jay Lackeretti and Mike Gibson coming to you live from TCT 2021. And we are talking about the amulet IDF study, looking at device related thrombosis, a randomized look at it for the amulet device versus the uh, Watchman device. Tell us what you found, DJ.
0: So the amulet IDF, uh, I mean, essentially it's a five year long study. So we have follow up data that's coming up. And one of the beauties of this particular analysis that we did is most of the times, the peri device leaks assessment stops at 45 days, and you really don't have assessment of these leaks further at 12 months. So, the inherent design advantage that we had in Amulet is to actually call for a TE at 12 months to really see what happens to these so called peri device leaks. Right? I mean, it's quite very well known from the Watchman 2.5 experience with both Protect and Prevail you had anywhere from 40 to 50% leaks, depending on the definition of the leak, right? And leaks that are more than five millimeters are considered to be significant for the historical definition. But as the devices got better, and as the technique got better, we got very familiar with this, our definition of what is considered to be a significant leak started coming down. And there is also a good clinical correlation. A couple of good recent papers clearly define that any leak that's more than three millimeters can have significant impact on increased risk of TIA strokes, as well as other clinical, uh, relevant clinical uh, uh, adverse events happening in these people. So we used more than three millimeters as a cutoff, And then we looked at the number of patients that had a peri-device leak at three months Versus at 12 months, and then we looked at both the arms, both in Amulet as well as Watchman. What you see here is about 9% of the patients in the Amulet arm had a leak that was more than three millimeters, which which means it could be clinically relevant. And about 22% patients in the Watchman 2.5 version actually had the peri-device leaks that were more than three millimeters. So essentially, this was the same data that we saw at 45 days and it's the same data that is being replicated at 12 months so the mechanistically i think the take-home point of the of this analysis is that when you have a dual closure mechanism device with a lobe sitting inside and a round disc sitting outside it helps you to really stabilize this so-called appendage closure to a greater degree and compensates for micro migrations as well as the device motion that happens with constant contract, contract uh, cardiac contractility that happens, that accounts for some of these sort of malpositions or malapositions of things. And then the endothelialization process, I think is a completely different issue that really doesn't really impact the sort of the leaks around the edge. And yesterday you might have seen the um, uh, the leak study that is present by Hans-Erik, um, uh, the FLEX, uh, the so-called seal flex study that that we talked about, where they use the CT imaging, where you could have the contrast go through, and then they were seeing contrast behind the lobe, in front of the lobe, and on all of this. But I think these are technically two different issues that we're dealing with. A pair of device leak that is typically defined by a TEE is a gap between the edge of the device and the left atrial appendageal wall that results in a flow velocity detected by transesophageal like Whereas with the CT scan, you can always have a little bit of contrast seeping through the central portion of the device, resulting in filling of the contrast behind. And so that really doesn't have any sort of implications in terms of overall peri-device leaks. So there's a bit of a confusion. So,
1: yeah, there is a lot of confusion. So oh, that. intra intra-device leak through the device itself is going into the appendage, but there's no egress of thrombotic material that coming can out. cause a stroke or two. That's different than a paravalvular leak where something could come out.
0: I, I think you got it, you nailed it perfectly on that because anytime you have a big gap around the edge, that is where you have the opportunity for a clot to really egress out and, and cause embolic events. Whereas contrast seeping through a mesh doesn't right. really have much of any implication in terms of the right. clot coming out
1: now what about device related thrombosis did you look at that we I mean the
0: device related thrombosis in relation to uh... peri device leaks there was no correlation but in general the um, watchman device had more uh, device related thrombus than the uh, amulet device and this has been shown both in the amulet IDE and subsequently I mean even the 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 seal flex study also had a slightly higher rate of things and i'm sure uh there are other studies that will be presented tomorrow that may show us what the trends look like um so i think in general the smooth larger rounder uh disk in the dual seal mechanics mechanism devices like the amulet provide you a much better smoother surface that I think minimizes the risk of device related thrombosis than a single closure mechanism device where the device could be compressed and there could be a lot of structural things that could play a role in it uh, that could contribute to these additional DRTs that we have seen in those.
1: And how long are you gonna follow these people? What can we expect these, to
0: see? These people are followed for at least five years. Five
1: years, great. Thanks for joining us today, DJ. Thank and thanks to all of you for joining us here live from TCT 2021.